Welcome to We Hear Her. I am Erin Trenbeth Murray. And I am Jennifer Bean. We're here today with another amazing woman who's sharing her story and insights to lessons learned. Hi there, uh, it's Erin Trenbeth Murray here with We Hear Her podcast for Women Who Succeed. I am so happy you have joined us today as we have an amazing woman of Women Who Succeed, uh, Sui Lang Panoke, who is the Senior Vice President of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion for Zions Bank. Besides that, I'm gonna have to look down at her bio because it is so extensive. Besides all the numerous boards that she serves on that serve a variety of women. Besides all of the multiple boards that Sui Lang serves on, she is a busy woman with politics and various activities, including uh, Rethink International, a global social enterprise and international training organization that is designed to challenge people to rethink how they, how and what they think, which mm -hmm. I want to hear so much more about that. Mm -hmm. In addition, she also founded Women Politics Media, when I speak to Sui Lang, it's something about either um, diversity, equity, and inclusion, politics, media, uh, getting involved, roll up your sweet sleeves. But most of all is she is the proud mother of an amazing young woman um, who she has just launched into the world. And I'm excited to hear about that as well. So with that, I'm gonna turn it over and have a little chat with Sui Lang. So thanks for being here. Thank you so much for the invitation, Erin. Oh, I've been looking Way forward to this long. one. Way too I know, long. it's been at least 10 but, uh, minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but you're incredible, and oh, uh, thank you so much for the invitation. I first, okay, let's start <laughs> with the things that you have founded that I'm not familiar with. The two that I just went over in your intro. Tell me a little bit about that. Sure, sure. So a lot of the work that I've done in the diversity, equity, inclusion space has been the political arena. Um, so grew up here in Salt Lake City, Utah, studied political science at the University of Utah, where I had a whole host of white male colleagues across the political ideological spectrum invest in me early, early on. Mm -hmm. And as a woman of color growing up in a place like Utah, I quickly recognized the disparities that existed uh, for women and people of color in positions of power, uh, yeah. particularly in the political arena. So studied there and then moved back to Washington, D.C. for grad school. Mm -hmm. um, I attended the Women of Politics Institute at American University in Washington, D.C. Um, and lived on Capitol Hill for 13 years uh, doing this work. Wow. Getting more women just like you, Erin, <laughs> elected like to public office. Oh, so no. <laughs> that was my pitch, you know. When you're done with this corporate arena stuff, uh, we will launch your campaign. Uh, okay. And then you will uh, help, you know, contribute mm. to the success of Utah's <laughs> efforts in increasing the number of women serving in public office. Um, and it really matters. They absolutely make a difference because their perception of what the community needs um, needs to be part of the policymaking process. It's different than our male counterparts. And so uh, very, very uh, specific, unique, and very much needed um, in America today. So do you do much or have you done anything with College of Social and Behavior Sciences up at the U? since you've graduated or come back? Um, yes, a little bit. So I now serve on the board of the Executive Education mm -hmm. uh, Department of the David Eccles School of Business. Yeah, Trying to get all these names right. Uh, I serve on their advisory board. Yes. And so I've been fortunate enough to contribute to a lot of those conversations yeah. um, and be a part of designing um, current and relevant content around diversity and 
equity and inclusion topics like unconscious bias, right. creating inclusive cultures in the workplace. Um, there are a number of clients that we're working with across the state. And so uh, to answer your question, yes, mm -hmm. um, would love to do more. Yes. Um, well, the reason I say is because there's a lot of alignment. Dean there. Cindy Berg is one of the women mm. who succeed. And I just stepped oh, off fantastic. of the board of College of Social Behavior Science, which okay. political science is in. So there's yes, a board seat. So there true. we go. Let's get you on that board. Gosh, One so more board. Small world. You know. <laughs> no. Yes, yes. So, We'd love to meet her and, and continue to collaborate in, uh, in doing this work. Well, tell point. me, when I look back, when I'm listening to your move to D.C., pretty out of the box, like very bold, very courageous. Mm -hmm. What motivated you to be a, a born and raised in Utah mm. and you're like, I'm going to pick up and go to the East Coast where the big fish are. Mm. And, mm -hmm. and swim around there for a while. What was that like? Thank you so much for that question, Erin, because that move was life-changing. Mm. Um, so as a woman of color, I didn't even really recognize this when I was in it. Mm. But growing up in a place like Utah where all of the models, people around me, that image of leadership and success didn't necessarily look like me. Right. Think like me, talk like me. And so I developed like a, a complex right? There, there was a level of insecurity and lack of confidence that I had growing up in that type of environment. So when I moved across the country to Washington, D.C., it flipped that on its head, meaning I was now surrounded by wildly successful leaders in every aspect of our society who look like me, mm -hmm. who talk like me, who I could relate to almost immediately. Um, and not just because of gender or race or ethnicity, right? There are a lot of social, cultural, political um, elements into those engagements. And so it was life-changing for me. It really boosted my confidence. I now felt like I didn't have to explain myself mm. to people around me. People got me right off the bat, and I could immediately dive into developing my craft. And so I would argue that's one of the greatest disadvantages that women mm. um, and other women of color have had in the workplace in particular, is we have to navigate that whole kind of mental complex first. Mm -hmm. And then once we develop that, develop that confidence, then we can dive into our craft. But we're constantly thinking about how we're being perceived, what mm. stereotypes are being perpetuated upon us, what biases are being integrated into the conversations, interactions that we're having with our colleagues, and that is mentally exhausting over time. And so it's really important um, for any woman, right, to be mindful of that, learn how to manage it, and then if, once she is in a position of power within the organization, work to establish or create a culture in which that is the norm. Right. Again, going back to Scott and I's conversation where all employees across all levels of the organization can step into that arena and perform at their best. Mm -hmm. So that includes eliminating those social and cultural barriers. So many things that you just said that I'd love to kind of unpack. I mean, the last part when you were talking about managing, mm -hmm. everything you were saying was resonating so clear with me and the way you articulated it of needing to manage it before you can dive into your craft, mm -hmm. managing, double checking, you know, uh, my dress attire or mm -hmm. how I'm behaving or am I speaking too much or uh, the management of it and knowing fully aware that often I'll be the only woman in that room. 
mm -hmm. um, in, a, in a boardroom or, mm -hmm. or whatever. So that was really curious to me. Another, what I did want to ask you is, part of um, what draws me to you is your, your energy level. Mm. Um, you're <laughs> vocal, you're positive, you are, you are ready, you are on. Like mm. you are on, on, on. And I gravitate towards that. Mm -hmm. I think, Same with you. Yeah, like I'm like, yeah, <laughs> let's do that. But I often get asked, are you from the East Coast? Mm. And I'm like, that's a compliment. I'm not, yes, I take it as a compliment, but I'm like, I don't know if they mean that as a compliment. Like I'm not being the quiet, submissive, quiet woman in the background. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if part of your natural love of the East Coast and being able to dive into your craft immediately was because um, the pace may be quicker. Mm -hmm. People may be, their cult, the culture may be a little more direct or candid in conversation. Do you think that mm -hmm. also played into mm. a comfort level for you? Absolutely, Erin. Uh, and you touched on something very important. Um, if you look at my body of work that I've done up until this point in my career, uh, it's been primarily working with women leaders mm -hmm. in two areas, Washington, D.C. and Utah. They're vastly, vastly different. Really? And again, it's so, are they really? <laughs> so important for all of us as part of this conversation to recognize women yeah. are not a monolith. Right. Just like any other ethnic or racial group yeah. or any subgroup with a specific identity. You know, when people talk about, and a lot of my experience has been in politics, women being the largest electorate in the country. I kind of laugh at that because good luck getting all women mm -hmm. right on board with one particular candidate or one particular policy, mm -hmm. right? There's a diversity of thought, perspective, experience, background, opinion, right? I think we can all agree on that amongst women. The two kind of, the, to kind of paint the picture of the contrast between working with women on the East Coast and women here in Utah, I would say it, one thing is the, what drives them. I would say back in D.C., East Coast area, a lot of women are driven by ambition. Sure. Um, success in terms of wealth accumulation, um, advancement in their careers, things like that, which is awesome. Higher education, you know, very much value, Ivy League, um, and going all the way, right? Yeah. Uh, and a bachelor's degree isn't enough in right. the minds and the eyes of a lot of my East Coast colleagues. Whereas in the state of Utah, I feel like women are driven by impact, by what they can, by, by making a difference, mm. right? So I guess if I could describe the two, East Coast women driven by making it. Mm. In Utah, Utah women driven by making a difference. And it's different. You, you can incorporate both elements into yourself as a leader and into your career but I've definitely seen one move more towards this, the other move more towards that, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And, and Utah women's values are very much family, family. Mm -hmm. faith, community, mm -hmm. volunteerism, and mm -hmm. all of those things are contribute to a social good. Yeah. And it it and I feel like those are the values that we really need across the country right now. You know, yeah. going back to the basics. And re just recognizing, and this is me as a leader, I'm doing my own assessment in terms of my own leadership style and what direction I want to take my career at this point, pulling from both of those experiences, um, pieces that I feel are going to develop me and position me to succeed in a culture, in an area like Utah, yeah. um, is kind of what, what I've been inclined to do or felt moved to 
incorporate into my leadership style. But yes, Erin, you and I will probably be like the loud women. <laughs> in Utah. In any, you know, Our event my son or says extra. Mom, yeah, we're a extra little extra. Hat. You know, like, we, really? we come with the side of I a whole lot of this and that. Which I think is a beautiful thing. I think it's infectious. Mm -hmm. One of the reasons why I've been so drawn to this program. Mm -hmm. And also one thing I wanted to say earlier was, you know, I know our purpose here with Women Who Succeed is to invest in young women, right? That is our ultimate mm -hmm. goal. But I have re also recognized the value that it's brought to my life. Oh, yeah. As me a too. mentor. And, me too. You know, these social engagements that we do as mentors, mm -hmm. I didn't realize how much I needed that. Oh, right? Yeah. Having that sisterhood, that support system, that support network is critical to any woman's success. I have so loved I'm that so too. I've that. loved the diversity of the group, you know, whether they're stay at home moms or scientists or whatever. I'm mm -hmm. learning. I'm like, I'm so selfish. <laughs> I really want to go to this Same. event because I can't <laughs> wait to, who I'm going to meet tonight and what they're going right? to say. And, and when I see them now, we're running into each other. I was speaking at the South Valley Chamber and a new mm -hmm. member, Jade, who does business development for FFKR Architecture. Mm -hmm. She was there. Hmm. And when we met eyes, it gave each other a huge hug. And mm. it's just this camaraderie. It just Instant broadened connection. my network and broadens my support system. And I know, like, if I need, if I feel like if I needed something or I need a connection or if they needed me, mm -hmm. it'd be one phone call yeah. out. Easy. And I love that. Mm -hmm. You're, um, so I want to talk to you a little bit about your perspective on women who run and mm. politics. Mm -hmm. What do we need to do? Embracing, I loved, and I felt that it was super genuine, that the way you painted the picture of many of Utahns and female Utahns of this culture, the volunteerism, the family, the faith, the giving back, mm -hmm. super grounded principles that I think I aspire to incorporate even more every day. As the older I get, Same. the more I want to be grounded. Mm -hmm. <laughs> How do we take those and also find um, mechanisms for women to run and hold leadership positions politically mm -hmm. in our state? What is the secret sauce that mm. is missing to get more women to run for leadership roles in this amazing state with this amazing economy low unemployment rate, um, strong sense of community. How, how do we get the, those women there? Mm, I was hoping you are going to share the secret sauce the secret with me, Erin. I uh, can't. Or <laughs> maybe, maybe all of the mentors part of this program right, and put our heads together to develop what that secret sauce yeah. is, whip it up in the kitchen and, I don't know, yeah. sell it on Amazon or something. Yeah. Um, but a couple of things that I think are important. Number one, just looking at statistics in terms of recruitment. Generally, women don't see themselves as serving in public office. They don't see themselves as political candidates. Politics is not necessarily for them. Mm -hmm. In addition to that, women need to be asked at probably three times <laughs> the amount of times as a male or male counterparts to even consider running for public office. And so it, there's a level of convincing women that they can do it uh, and that they should do it. And these are the tools and resources that we have at our disposal in the community that will support you in your run. And so those three key components um, are critical to first getting women to put their name in the hat and then for them to be successful. But the stats have also shown that when women run, women win. Hmm. And so the community constituents want to see more women leaders. That's a natural 
uh, thought that comes to uh, the majority of our constituencies. And so if we could just kind of shift the mindset of women, how we perceive ourselves, um, that will help tremendously. And there are a number of incredible organizations here led by women who do just that, who prepare women to, to run for public office, to raise funds, raise money uh, to support women candidates. Mm -hmm. um, the Women's Leadership Institute is yeah. one of them, their political development series run by Pat Jones that yep. Scott Anderson, our president and CEO, gave the seed money to for start that, that. Yeah. organization. That's male allyship right, right there. Not just talking about it, recognizing the, the need, but investing in it, right? That is a smart investment. Uh, YWCA Utah yep. has that Real Women in Run program. I currently serve on the board. Uh, we recruit and train women to run for public office. Mm -hmm. And these are all just amazing, amazing networks and resources of women um, designed by and for women. I'll say that. Yep. Um, and that makes all the difference. Because uh, we know what we need because we, we know what it's like to be a woman. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so we design accordingly. I love you know. that. Well, you have so, your hands are in so many pies. I don't know how you manage all of it. Um, I really don't. Your job is so demanding. You're on so many boards. You're a mom. You're always the first to be a hand raiser. Um, to say, mm -hmm. I'll do it. I'll take it on. I'm happy to do the podcast. I'm happy to do the interview. I'm happy to, I'm like, is she just because you, Aaron. Is she, I yeah, yeah. You. I think it's because you're like, I'm like, is she really like just sitting around in her pajamas all day and she has nothing on her calendar? But then I realized, no, no, she's the senior no. VP of Zions. How? I'm a morning person. Okay, there you My go. My day starts at 4 so a.m. That's the trick. So yeah. um, how, how do you, how do you manage that demanding of schedule? Hmm. Prioritizing self-care mm -hmm. and mental health. So I'm also a yogi. I didn't know that. So if I describe my life in two words, it's politics and yoga. Holy cow. <laughs> so I do the hot yoga, wow. Bikram yoga, which is a 90 minute class in a room that's between 105, 110 degrees. I walk. 40% humidity. <laughs> so it is uh, the yoga for champions. Oh my gosh. Um, I would argue the most transformative practice that one can do Physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, all of those things. So that keeps me grounded um, and helps me. It, it actually um, builds your capacity to be awake, <laughs> if that makes sense. I'm not sure how to, how to state that. Wow. But like, does I, the, energy, require, just re the energy yes. that it rejuvenates you to such a it's core so level? It's so rejuvenating, yes, that you, it requires your body. Your, your body is less required of sleep. Mm. Okay, I'm like not saying this correctly, <laughs> I think but I think I you know what, what I mean. Saying. And yeah. yeah, and I think also you need less sleep. You need less sleep because you're being rejuvenated through this very disciplined practice. Yes, totally. And you're already, I think, in your DNA and your pace and your cadence. I think you can get done in a, in one hour what could take most people four hours. It's that is just so a true. laser focus, and then a super high energy. And you know what you want, and so you know what it's going to look like, and you know what the outcome mm -hmm. should be, and then you're ready to move on. Yes, agreed. And part of it is also recognizing at what time of day, uh -huh. uh, what hours, what environment, physical environment, is your mind functioning at its mm. optimal level, mm -hmm. right? And for me, it's between 4 and 7 a.m., mm -hmm. right? Like oftentimes being either home or in the office, right, it's uh, private space where I'm comfortable. Yeah. You know this. 
I wear house slippers to the office. Yes, you do. Don't tell my colleagues, but yeah. you know, we're in Zoom meetings all day. No one sees. No one sees. But you know, happy feet, happy me. I can go much longer. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I'm much more productive, like in my craft. I'm actually really so, disappointed you're not wearing your slippers today. <laughs> well, I wasn't sure what the we were shot be in a was going to be. Yeah, I wanted um, on the camera, but yeah, you know, I wanted to match my colleague here. <laughs> if anyone has not seen Sui Lang, she always has the most gorgeous slippers on in the middle of the day, and I wanted them on today. So we'll have to have you back. And they're house slippers. And we'll do it again <laughs> so that you can have your slippers on. And I have them in my car right now. Right. You should have had them. Yeah. Well, I am so grateful that I got to have some time with you today mm -hmm. to get, I learned a few more things about you. Mm -hmm. Sui Lang is an onion, a Shrek once said. <laughs> you got to peel back the layers because there's so much to you, and you're just fascinating. I really look Thank forward to so much, being friends Eric. with you in the future, even more so, and mm -hmm. a deeper relationship that I can um, even know more about your cool experiences, mm. where you're coming from, what your dreams are, so that I can mm. support you as a fellow woman in the community. I think Thank you're a rock you so star. Much. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm living my dream, you know? Well, good. <laughs> well, take me with you. Utah's yeah. really cool. Uh, yeah. And Women Who Succeed makes it even cooler. So, truly an honor to be a part of this and to know you as well, Erin. Thank you. Well, that is all we have for today with Sui Lang Pinoke, and we hope you join us again for our next podcast. Thank you. Thank you for taking time to hear her. Join our efforts and learn more at womenwhosucceed.org. A big thank you to our sponsor, the Clark and Christine Ivory Foundation.